Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Path. <laughs> hey, everybody. Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Whose Wednesday came around quick on me, I'm telling y'all. Hump Day Bloggerama time. Thanks for listening. Weekly show where I'm highlighting a bunch of cool stuff I saw on RPG blogs over the week. And oh man, this show is just jam packed. I was having to cut stuff and I couldn't cut anymore, but this is, oh, it's going to be a lot. So I'm, I'm running in place. I'm slapping myself on the face. I'm getting pumped up to get through this one. Um, yeah, so it's a lot. So I'm going to try to get right to it. If uh, you want to check out any of the links I mentioned, remember I post them all over on the Thought Eater blog, frothsoft, frothsof, dnd.blogspot.com, or just Google Thought Eater blog and you'll find it. Did have a few call-ins, so we're going to get right into those. Hey, Froth. Evil Jeff here. Uh, listening to your hump day blogorama and... You start talking about Wormy, so um, I'm going to pause for now and go check that out because, you know, it, I can't do two things at once here, uh, either reading or listening. It's going to be the way it is. And, you know, it's been a while since I've read all those. That's Evil Jeff there, Legendary Anchorite podcast. Uh, Evil Jeff's podcast is Minions and Musings. Referring to uh, Wormy. Uh, bit from last week if y'all missed it uh, there's a whole archive where you can go comic to comic on wormy really cool and uh, yeah and uh, something else there's another comic that's uh, it's not a classic comic it's a current comic that I'm going to be featuring later in this episode so you might dig that too evil Jeff thank you for the call hey froth spike pit here man just listen to your hump day blogorama and it always Warms my heart to hear about Free Toadstool's Shane Ward. Just played uh, a few sessions with him of Black Hack with Matt Jackson. And and Shane's a super cool guy. <laughs> he really cracks me up on me with some of his um, some of the jokes and stuff that he comes up with. But um, for the OSR guys out there, you might want to check out his Blue Baron stuff. You can get it on Amazon and Drive through and um he does like a really easy to use uh osr style of adventure you know classic dungeon crawls and um yeah man check it check it out guys you're missing out if you don't a man who needs no introduction there colin green from spike pit giving a shout out to shane ward another legendary anchorite uh, y'all, if you're not listening to some of these RPG podcasts, uh, it's going to open up a whole nother world to y'all. Uh, I'm barely turning on my TV much these days. I'm getting, listening to all these podcasts, a lot of great personalities podcasting here on anchor. And, uh, Shane, of course, does the three toadstools blog, as well as the Gilligan's Isle of ADD podcast. So I'm sure Shane appreciates the shout and pointing people to his products. So thank you very much for that, Mr. Colin. How dare they? How dare they? Hey, Froth, this is James Richards. I'm calling in in regards to your newest episode and that little bit at the end there in regards to Matt Finch's primer. Um, no, I, th- I think uh, Matt Finch's primer is really great and gets to the essence of old school play. Uh, it's a brilliant little piece of writing. Um but I think it's healthy and important for people to question things and um, to push the envelope and to attempt to find new ways of doing things. This is how music and art has always functioned. Um, I think we can do it in a pleasant way. But uh, anyway, I'm really curious on what other people have done with high-level play. So James is referring to an article from last week's Hump Day Bloggerama that was uh, had a lot to do with with high level play, and uh, in in the process of talking about that, it, it kind of took a swipe at Matt Finch's old school primer, and you know 
sometimes I think the author was just kind of worked up and excited about their topic, but sometimes if you have to take a swipe at something to, in order to make your point, you you know, you're going to lose your audience a little bit. Still, I thought it was interesting and, you know, I, I didn't hear anything back from anybody on a uh, high level play. So maybe it is neglected. I, you know, again, I think there's a lot that goes into it. You know, groups tend to fall apart or maybe the grass is greener after you've been running a game for a while. And, uh, that kind of comes up in a later topic, but still, I didn't hear anything from anybody, but then again, my market penetration is nil. So, uh, I did <laughs> I shouldn't be too shocked that I didn't get a, a flood of a barrage of, of comments and calls. But anyway, I appreciate the call in, James. Okay, on to the maps. I always tend to start with maps. I'm uh, just a, a map addict, and I found some awesome stuff for you all this week. <sighs> really good stuff. In fact, I kind of broke the map stuff into two different topics. Uh, there was so much, uh, so many good map articles I saw. One is over at jhmrad.com. House plans and designs. So this is a a house plan and design site. I can't even remember how I got to this. Someone must have linked it, but there was a post, Medieval Castle Floor Plans. And the link I put up uh, has got an image gallery of 22 amazing medieval castle house plans. And so you can click on any of these and it pops up this, you know, huge image and I talked before about using um, you know many times actually about real world inspiration and uh, using real life floor plans for your games and this has got a whole gallery you follow that link there on the thought eater blog and then you can click on any of these house plans in there and find these awesome castle floor plans so uh, there's all kinds of other stuff on here it's a house plan and design site so if you need something for a modern game, uh, home floor plans uh, for you know any kind of different game, uh, there's a lot to flip around on this. So it's a house plan and design site, not a traditional RPG blog, but you can take a look at that first castle image and and tell that uh, that uh, what mansion image that I put up and and tell the quality of stuff you're going to find on here. So go over to jhmrad.com, look at those medieval castle floor plans, and then keep flipping around. So, Monkey Blood, Glen Seal, uh, what can you say about Monkey Blood design maps? Always awesome. No wonder Glenn won an Emmy. Uh, put one up, the Hidden Chapel of Thulk, and it was just so awesome I had to put it up. You know, Glenn's doing the Midderlands thing. I know there was just another successful Kickstarter for the Great City of London, uh, kind of, I guess, companion volume to the, the first... Uh, first Midlands setting stuff and of course does all the awesome maps for astonishing swordsmen so just another great map to save file away use it for a rainy day i know that's the first thing i did when i saw it so and then finally on the maps ooh, lordy now, i didn't back the Linkmark kickstarter for uh dungeon crawl classics but when i see a map like this it sure makes me wish i did there's this poster map of Lankmar up there uh, that looks amazing. I couldn't get a uh, a better, I don't know, image. Uh, super, you know, any, if I made it any bigger on there, I think it would have um, distorted and stuff. But anyway, I uh, I thought I'd point that out. Um, any of y'all back in that are looking to buy some of that Lankmar stuff for Dungeon Crawl Classics? Y'all are in for a treat with this map because it is amazing. All right, so I'm just going to blend straight into the second topic here, which is DIY mapping, some some stuff to help you do some mapping yourself. And um, the first one comes from Frugal GM, who I inducted into the Blogger Hall of Fame a while back, put up a post, Free GM Resource Incarnate. And so this is a, now you have to pay a subscription for the full deal for Incarnate. But it's an online mapping resource where a lot of the features are available for free. And it is uh, pretty incredible. I'll let you guys go over and, and, and toy with it. But uh, like I said, it, it mentions that there is a, a freebie version where you can get uh, pretty high-res maps and access to more than 100 assets for your map. And that's probably enough to, once you get used to it, to hook you and make you want to... Uh, 
move on to the subscription for $5 a month. So um, anyway, Incarnate looks like a really cool mapping program to check out. And then finally, regarding the maps, at the Storyteller Design, the Storyteller.Design. The Storyteller Design Impress, helping create your world. This is a really nice uh, website. Nicholas Wistet um, does this. And I, I put up a post tutorial, how to draw a fantasy village map. It kind of walks it, you know, it's like kind of a froth can understand it step by step on doing a cool village map. And then uh, I looked on the margins and everything, and there, there are a lot of good articles on here. Um, basic guidelines for hand-drawn maps with pen, ink, and paper, quick start guide to fantasy mapping, fantasy map making, map making tutorials. So if you're aspiring mapper or, uh, you know, like doing it, want to learn some more, there's a lot of good stuff on here to help you make your own maps. And then one day you're on hump day bloggerama because the, the chances of me learning to map are very slim. I'm a very old dog. Very few tricks left for me to learn, but I encourage y'all to check it out and then I'll just save them, to save the images to my computer. But anyway, so lots of good stuff on the map front. Check out those medieval castle house plans. Check out what monkey blood's cooking up for you. Have a look at that Lankmar poster map. Looks incredible. Uh, play around with incarnate or uh, check out the tutorials over the storyteller.design. Uh, help you get your mapping up to speed. I don't usually do too much. I don't usually promote too many Kickstarters on here. I guess during Zine Quest, I was talking about a few and everything, but um, you know, it's mainly about blogs. But since this one is done by a blogger that I love, speaking of maps, blog.trilemma.com. Of course, Michael Prescott's blog. Michael Prescott does these amazing kind of spread uh, um, isometric map adventures that are just unbelievable and has for years made them available for free. Well, Michael is getting ready to launch, yeah, I believe, yep, today, May 1st, launching the Trilemma Adventures Kickstarter where this all those awesome adventures will be in a big book. So I put up the hype video for this on the uh, Thought Eater blog. It's just one of those things where it you just take my money, you know, Michael, please just stop. Just here's my wallet. What do you need? There's a special edition. What, you know, just take it, take it. You know, can I get you to do a little caricature of froth in there somewhere? You know, am I goofy, a goofy little froth hiding in the corner? Is there going to be a stretch goal like that? Just take, take my money. And actually just let me give you my routing number, you know, anyway, this is one that uh, I hope is really successful. I think uh, Michael really deserves it for the years and years of free, awesome maps and adventures that uh, Michael has blessed the scene with. So if you're if you're looking for, you know, I've heard people talk a lot about you know, looking for short adventures that they can run in a session or two and things like that. And uh, these fit the bill. So be sure and check out the Trilemma Adventures Kickstarter. And, um, you know, just be prepared, you know, be prepared to maybe work a little overtime next week or something. All right. Some cool, uh, reviews and retrospectives and that sort of thing this week. Uh, there were a bunch, actually another section I had to cut some things out, but that's just the way it is. Sometimes the first one I want to mention, uh, reviews from Rolier. And I don't know if I've mentioned this site before. This is Pookie's blog, R L. Y-E-H-Reviews.blogspot.com, Rolier, coming from uh, Lovecraft's work. Pookie does a ton of reviews, and they're all really detailed and well done, and it's, it's a good one to bookmark uh, if you like reading reviews and overviews of different games. Sometimes they'll be new games, sometimes they'll be older games. Did a review of uh, Mutants and Masterminds Basic Heroes Handbook, which is a recent release. Um, I've got the original Mutants and Masterminds, kind of a cool D20 variant superhero game. And this one sounds neat because it um, it sounds relatively kind of simplified a little bit, you know, thus the title Basic Heroes Handbook. So if you're, uh, if you 
you know, mutants and masterminds. This has come. This is part of like the third edition line, so it's been around a while. And um, so, if you're into superhero games with a kind of a D20 variant make mechanic, it looks like there's kind of a D20 verse difficulty class, and then a degree of success or failure thing going on, and that sort of thing. So, I thought this might be interesting if there's any uh, other folks out there like me that enjoy some superhero games. So, go over to Reviews from Rolier and check out that Basic Heroes Handbook review. At Life and Times of a Philippine Gamer, um, Phil Gamer, P H I L, PhilGamer.wordpress.com, they've been doing a sporadic overview of the new Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th Edition. And so, on the Thought Eater blog, I just put up the link to the part one, the intro, which is kind of short. And then at the bottom of those posts, you can go to part two, part three, a and part three B. I think three B just came out like last week. So, so this is kind of sporadic, uh, not quite as sporadic as my read throughs of polyhedron or anything, but uh, it started in August of last year and it's only up to like four pieces. So it might be one that you're waiting around a minute for the next part. But, um, if you're, Wondering whether to pull the trigger on the new uh, Warhammer Fantasy, it might be of some interest to you. Personally, I'm just happy they re-released the first edition stuff, like the uh, Enemy Within. Um, all that stuff was so expensive to try to buy um, on the second, you know, on the second-hand market that uh, being able to buy the, you know, get the PDFs of that has been a real treat. Um, so I, I don't. I'm still not sure if I will, you know, buy into fourth edition or not, but, um, you know, a lot of people enjoying it. So I, I found this, uh, um, interesting to read educational. So if you, uh, haven't bought Warhammer fantasy Roleplay fourth edition yet and want to learn more about it, you can read through that series over at philgamer.wordpress.com. Something just for the old schoolers out there. There's a, uh, a new, um, Maximum Mayhem Dungeon. It's uh, statted up for Osric. So OSR adventure called Villains of the Undercity. And over at Samwise7RPG.blogspot.com, Samwise did a review of that. Has some really killer art, so I put up a, an image there um, uh, on the Thought Eater blog. You can check out. Uh, I guess that's a cave roper going for you. Going for a, a fighter, tearing them limb from limb from limb. So check that out if you're interested. If you're looking for some new uh, old school style adventures, and uh, this was really cool. Uh, CannibalHalflingGaming.com. Ari David wrote this about an old white wolf game called Aberrant. That's another superhero game, and the post is Aberrant, a forgotten superhero RPG worth remembering. Now, I do have a you know non-vampire, non-world of darkness white wolf game called Adventure that's like a pulp thing, and it's really cool. It uses that white wolf like dice pool system, and um, I didn't I knew nothing about uh, this game Aberrant. And this is a really good overview that goes a lot into the setting and is really interesting. It makes me want to find it and buy it. So um, anyway, um, if I don't know if, if anybody out there played Aberrant. I guess this came out uh, 1999. So anybody, out, any listeners out there played Aberrant or know anything about it, want to call in and talk about it, that'd be awesome. So this was a good look back at a you know 20-year-old superhero game worth remembering. Check that out at CannibalHalflingGaming.com. Uh, DM David, I've mentioned before, DMDavid.com did a post about uh, the old Grimtooth Trap series. So these were books that... Um, now, someone did a... Oh my gosh. It's either Frog God or Goodman Games. I guess it's Goodman Games. Has done a recent um, kind of updated Grimtooth Traps collection. But uh, back in 81, Flying Buffalo Games released, started releasing the Grim, original Grimtooth Trap books. And these were just like different ways to torture and maim your players, basically. <laughs> but these really elaborate creative traps with, uh, with diagrams and everything. And so 
this was an interesting overview. If you've never heard of Grimtooth Traps and, and want to take a look at, at what it was all about, you can go over to dmdavid.com. Check out that post. In 1981, a troll named Grimtooth set a path for today's D&D books. Finally, um, uh, on the topic of reviews and retrospectives, um, this was really good. George Dorn wrote a, an article at the RPG Works and Sundry blog. And the, you're going to want to probably go to the Thought Eater blog to, to find the link to this because it's, it's gdorn.circuitlocution.com. Probably not going to be able to, you know, it's about as catchy as Frothsoft D&D, but it's a, great, it's a really good blog. But the post is called A History of Gaining Experience in D&D. And um, it goes into detail, like an overview of the different experience point systems and the base books from um, original D&D into the Greyhawk supplement to the different basic versions um, through AD&D, 1st, 2nd edition, on through 3rd, 4th, and 5th edition. So this is a, it was really interesting and it's, it's, it's well-written and kind of bullet point, you know, you know, listing of, of the different experience systems. And I'll occasionally hear people talking about alternate experience points. I think, uh, Colin from Spike Pit, I did something recently, um, uh, about experience. I could be wrong. It's all blending together at this point, but, um, at any rate, if you want to kind of overview over the years from the different, um, editions of D and D all in one place, um, of different ways experience points were uh, awarded. I thought this was a good read and, and an easy way to kind of compare and contrast with everything right next to each other. So go over to gdorn.circuitlocution.com and check out A History of Gaining Experience in D&D. So I'll often note uh, different blog series that get started uh, that you can kind of follow along with. There's been a bunch over the, the weeks, uh, you know, where someone will keep following up with a, on a topic or an idea with, with more than one post. And um, Ben L., who does the Missourian's Garden blog, as well as the excellent Through Ulton's Door zine, uh, I'm waiting on issue two. I'm signed up on Ben's uh, mailing list, so I'll know the second that comes out, because uh, that is a killer blog. Um, I don't, I think it my, the first issue might be sold out. So, um, I, and I don't know if there's a PDF of it, but, uh, through Alton's door, really killer. But Ben's been doing a series, uh, I think of interest to people into the OSR. It's called pleasures of the OSR. And the first one is called uh, secrecy and discovery. And the second post that is up is emergent story and open worlds. And so these are kind of just a kind of a long form musing on the OSR OSR style of play as Ben perceives it. And both of these posts have gotten a, a lot of comments and response. Uh, you know, um, you know, a lot of people commenting on them and responding to them and enjoying them. So if you're in the OSR, uh, Ben's a really talented writer. These can be kind of food for thought or, um, you know, ways to reflect on why you like certain games and things like that. And, uh, I've chosen some really good illustrations and everything for these two and, and, and imagery and maps and, and stuff like that with uh, a bunch of good links as well. There's all kinds of good links, uh, throughout these. So, um, if you're into the OSR and, uh, want to wax philosophical with Ben about the pleasures of the OSR, I would go over to Missourian's garden and check these out. This is a good blog to bookmark, uh, tends to be really high quality posts over there. So, um, maybe one to add to your blog roll or bookmark and follow along with this series. I had a few people, uh, mention how they, they like the wormy stuff from last week. And, uh, you know, I, I, I still try to, if I see a gaming comic or whatever, I'll, I'll take a look at it. And one I thought I'd mention because, um, their whole archive, you know, you can access for free and check it out is one that, uh, supports FASA Games game uh, 1879, which is a really cool game. I got a review copy a while back, and uh, now I want to get it. And, and I got a review PDF, and I want to get all this stuff now. It's uh, kind. It's got elements of like an alt history game and set in England, and then there's this 
new uh like this portal that opens so there's this alternate world thing going on it's got steampunk it's got fantasy elements and uh it they really well supported with miniatures and um even like kind of like you know miniature war games to support the role-playing game and there's even this comic called half penny comic and so i just put up a link to this it's got the archive uh it's how many it's like 94 strips now so if that sounds like something interesting to you i just thought i'd link to this uh, if you if you like uh you know comic strips gaming related comic strips or or, in, or any of the elements that i just talked about the alt history and fantasy and, and weird england stuff you might want to take a look at that so half penny pie and 1879 webcomic all right when we get back from this short break we're going to roll on some random tables. And now, a word from our sponsors. All right, and we're back. Let's roll on some random tables. I love random tables, and the blogs always deliver week after week. You're going to find some random tables over at dreamsandfevers.blogspot.com. T over here put up a post, Treasures from the Vault, D20 Magic Items. Before the pale folk of Bashara conquered the world and brought it under the true light of the Lord, there was an age of darkness. But there was a light in this age, too. Antiquity produced some of the most ingenious and wondrous items known on earth. So come, open the vault, and feast your eyes on the treasures of the past, which lay within. Okay, let's see here. The Tyrant's Seat. A fine pillow embroidered with gold thread. It is a supremely comfy pillow. Anyone who sits on it will find themselves unable to rise from it without succeeding on a saving throw. <laughs> uh, that is something like my couch after mowing the lawn. The tyrant seat. Uh, let's do another one of these. The Vessel of Alliances, a bronze bowl engraved with pagan figures. One side shows a city at war, and another shows it at peace. The metal of the bowl is corroded, gone all green and black. If two people mix their blood or spit in the bowl, they cannot lie to each other and can't knowingly betray each other, or reveal the location of their enemy, lead them to an ambush, etc. So, so that is kind of a cool one. Uh, maybe... Two warring countries, when they go at peace, have to use the vessel of alliances. That uh, I like the flavor of that. You can definitely use that as some kind of hook, or maybe try to trick people into using it. Or is it, uh, yeah, two people mix their blood, uh, so maybe you try to get someone's blood and put it in the bowl without them even knowing it. So, anyway, cool stuff at Dreams and Fevers. Over at Goodberry Monthly, this is Martin O's blog. They did a post, D100, what happened this semester? What happened to you, wizard student, over the semester? D100. Let's see. I made a friend. D20. A stray raccoon. <laughs> yes. No, I didn't make many friends at wizard school, but I made one friend, a stray raccoon. What else do I have here? An unintended discovery. A super special secret street food cart. Oh, maybe the raccoon led me to the street food cart. Let's see, let's do one more on here. Oh. I got robbed, but by whom? Get out my favorite little D6. A wizard gang. <laughs> so there's some funny stuff on this one. What happened to you, wizard student, over the semester? That's fun. Go to Good Goodberry Monthly and check that one out. All right, finally, as far as random tables go, over at D4 Caltrips, blog.d4caltrips.com. Five more forest hexes. So I've seen them do these before, K-Tray, and eventually compile these into like a PDF. It's a PDF you can download, but they'll do a bunch of these, and you can eventually, um, they'll compile them, and you'll have yourself a nice little uh, bunch of forest hexes. 
So let's do one of these. Let's look here. The Morning Maidens. All along the hillside ahead stand several dozen strange formations. Each resemble, resemble, resembles a woman weeping. Towering above trees, the pillars are... Towering above trees, the pillars are alabaster columns of at least hill giant height, but some are delicately thin. Scrounging between the spires could, could prove dangerous, given that this is the current breeding ground of several thousand ice geckos who can rapidly chill the air when working in concert to defend their cube-shaped clutches. Divine prayers uttered or spells intoned here will be answered by different deities than the accustomed supplier. Hmm. So, you'll get answered by a different god. If you scrounge around these weird alabaster columns, you'll get attacked by ice geckos. So, yeah, get the idea. Go over to d 4 caltrips blog.d4caltrips.com and check out the five more forest hexes. Kind of some weird stuff, kind of some poetic stuff it looks like uh, as far as the tone of this goes. So, um, pretty cool. Alright. Cool random table stuff this week. And next, blogs are always good for some variant rules, some different ways of doing things, some, you know, food for thought. And uh, Diamond Games always does well with, with this stuff. I've mentioned this blog before, Diamond, D-A-I-M-O-N-Games.blogspot.com. Put up a couple of their posts this week because they're both uh, interesting on the variant front. One is about bringing the Escalation die to the OSR. The Escalation die is a mechanic from 13th Age, which is kind of a, hmm, how would you describe it? It's kind of like fourth edition in some ways without the battle map um i don't know a lot of people love it i've never gotten to play it although i've read through it and leafed through it so it's a kind of a, it's a it's not a super simple game or anything but it uh is a kind of a twist i guess on three and four e uh rob heinzu and i guess jonathan tweet um you know so some of the designers of third and fourth edition work together on it and uh, it's got a good fan base, and one of the mechanics of 13th Age is the Escalation die, where basically each combat round, you've got a die on the table, a D6, where each round you increase the number on the die, which gets added to the characters to hit roll. So as the fight advances, um, everybody's more likely to hit, and it kind of keeps combat from dragging. Everything gets a little more dangerous and the longer it goes. And so uh, over here, they put up a, a post about some variants. Uh, David Pinondoli put up some variants on this um, house rules on you know different ways to use the kind of an idea based on the escalation die with OSR games. So that sounds intriguing to you. I check it out. Also, they put up a post about initiative, and uh, one of the things I like about Diamond Games is uh, David will uh, um, often post on a topic and then link to several other blogs about it. So this has kind of got all these different kind of um, look, different looks at um, initiative and ways to do it from Daniel Sell and uh, Brendan over at Necropraxis, um, Patrick Stewart over at False Machine. So if, if you're unhappy with initiative or want to try a different twist on it, this has got a bunch of variations and, and links to different posts about it. Personally, I, I just love a simple D6 side-based initiative. Um, however, there are other games that I I like to house rule initiative um, significantly. Call of, Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu being one of them. I don't like to initiative always to be in the same you know, dex order. So something like this could be cool to look at. Uh, and then um, the last thing on variants that I pulled for you all. This is 5e related. Orloff over at the Things We Do for XP dotblogspot.com put up a post slightly subtler necromancy 
A fireball can cook an enemy platoon. Polymorph can turn a bishop into a frog, but only a necromancer can rip out your soul and reanimate your husk to hunt down your friends. Necromancy spells in 5e are wicked but vulgar. They're spectacular, terrifying, and hard to disguise. Use necromancy in front of a crowd, you'll be feared, then hunted as an abomination. There has to be more than a school than slinging death spells like a culty loon, and so it offers these subtler necromancy-themed spells that aren't uh, so easy to detect or obvious. And it's got quite a, a decent list uh, of these. Um, see, let's look at one of them. Skull Sight. You can see out of the eye sockets of a skull that you personally prepared by casting a spell over it. So there have been spells like that before, but I guess maybe there's not, not one like that exactly in 5e. So these are just kind of necromancy-themed spells that are are statted for 5e, but you could pull into other games too um, if you want a slightly subtler necromancy going on. So that's what I got for y'all on the variants uh, today. And next, you like zines? Of course you do. You like free zines? What? Yeah. Well, a couple of the best and longest running um, sci-fi OSR zines dropped new issues over the last week. And first I want to mention Frontier Explorer. It's for Star's Frontiers, as well as uh, the more recent Frontier Space RPG. And this one I wanted to mention in particular because uh, for a while it was in hiatus because there was this whole weird thing that happened with Star Frontiers. I think someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but what I gather happened is Evil Hat was, you know, the the name Star Frontiers had, had lay fallow for years, and I guess it was getting ready to the trademark or whatever is going to expire. Wizards wasn't doing anything with it. So I think Evil Hat was going to do a Star Frontiers game or something. And then the second that happened, Wizards sprung into action and re-released some of the stuff on drive through and sent out cease and desist to a bunch of folks, including, uh, I guess, Tom Stevens, or maybe other people involved, but uh, folks doing the Frontier Explorer zine. So it was up to issue 23, and then it went away. It went away at least a year. It may, it may have been longer. Time flies when you're getting when you're getting on up there, like old frothy. But um, apparently, they 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 mentioned sending a letter to Wizards and not getting a response, and just kind of saying, "Ah, screw it. Let's let's put it out." So they put out issue 24. Download you can download it for free at FrontierExplorer.org. I check out all the old issues too. It's really, really good. Um, although I haven't uh, had a chance yet to, to try Star Frontiers or Frontier Space, but it's filled with cool sci-fi stuff. Um, and uh, so I wanted to mention that. And it's just really neat that uh, after I thought it was, you know, going to be dead and buried, but now it's uh, come back with issue 24. So Frontier Explorers wanted to check out. And if you think 24 is a lot, you know, 24 is a lot for a zine. But if you think 24 is a lot, who? You can check out issue number 93 of the long-running Freelance Traveler. Supporting Traveler, of course, you could use it for Cepheus Engine, whatever else. But uh, Freelance Traveler, um, unbelievable longevity. Uh, just released their May-June 2019 um, issue again these are all downloadable for free you get the whole um, archive on the page that I put up there and it's got um, let's see uh, it's got just tons of content so these are really good too uh, not just for traveler but for um, any kind of sci-fi um, game that you're running you just flip through one of these and you're bound to find something inspiring or interesting to read so a couple sci-fi zines that you can download for free. And, um, you know, if you haven't uh, grabbed all these, make sure you do so. Uh, it's, you know, more material than you'll probably ever work through. But um, if you're like me, you hoard it anyway. <laughs> all right, so for the final topic today... <clears throat> Post, um, I'm putting this under the heading, The Grass is Always Greener. There was a really good post over at Crumbling Keep, crumblingkeep.com, 
crumbling upkeep, grinding through after the honeymoon period. And this post is all about, we've all been there. I know we have, every GM has, where you started a campaign or even started writing a game or de developing a character or whatever it is. You get rolling and then you're excited and then you're not. And the, the initial beautiful manic creation phase, it says, fades and you're left with whatever mess you created or their game. It's hard to know how to carry on from there. And uh, starting the campaign was fun, but then the fun's gone or starting a project was fun and then working on it isn't. I've been there so many times. I, I tried doing this old uh, house rule zine sort of thing with fourth edition. I did one issue and then I was trying to get all these articles together for the second issue and 5e got announced and I was having to do all this reformatting on other people's articles and it just wasn't fun anymore. And then so many times on a game um, campaign of like when I was running Curse of Strahd for 5e, I got to be honest with y'all, there are certain parts of that adventure that I just absolutely despise. The whole wine thing of taking wine here and there and going to the winery, I thought was just like the opposite of gothic horror. It just totally just was just so corny in parts and just, just did not fit it. And there were times when I just... Wanted to tell my players, no, no more. I can't do this. I, I can't, you know, I, I even did a little five minute Friday once about get to the good stuff. You know, life's too short to run, to not enjoy what you're running, you know. And then there's other times where it, it starts off strong and it feels great. Like for me with Call of Cthulhu, I have learned over time that I much prefer to do shorter scenarios as opposed to the long-term campaigns because hundreds and hundreds of clues, it eventually just builds on it to where unless your players are super engaged or if they miss a week, you know, they're going to miss a million things. And it just, it's, it's the kind of thing where the, you know, the long campaigns are works of art. They're amazing to read, but, um, it just, it's, I've, I've, I've started and stopped my mask of Nyarlathotep more than once. Um, Anyway, they put up some good ideas about, um, you know, well, other thoughts about how it's complicated when there are other people involved. You know, you're running a campaign and getting burnt out on it, but what about the players that come every week? That's exactly why I stuck with Curse of Strahd, you know, because I knew the players liked it and wanted to keep playing it, and I didn't want to let them down. So there was duty there, and you just had to, you know, so sometimes it's talking about quitting, sometimes soldiering on different ways you can try to get your enthusiasm back. Um, you know, and different ideas, no matter, like if you're working on a game, put yourself on a schedule. Like for me, podcasting, doing all this, I have to be on a schedule. It's, it's gotta, it, it, it's, it mentions putting aside structure time makes things harder to avoid. That's absolutely true for me. It's talking about trying to do stuff in different locations. I know I see like Tim Schwartz will, uh, mention from Gothridge Manor will mention going to the coffee shop and working and and uh, sometimes that works for me I definitely can't I'm not one of those people that can work from home as far as my my day job goes though uh, absolutely not I have to be in a different environment or I will just get pulled into something different but sometimes going to a, a different place will help or um, you know it's got just a bunch of cool ideas and uh and it says, finally, nothing really beats just gritting your teeth and doing it. And that can be true for some things. But in other times, you know, campaign loses steam and it's it's good to quit if you're miserable. Other times, it's good to maybe just take a break. And that's why I put up another link to the excellent Dicer Screaming um, anchor podcast, some legendary anchorites, Mike and Randy. Um, and they put up a, po um, a podcast rather uh, recently uh, called One Night Stands Mini Campaigns. And one of the things that they mention in that podcast, uh, which is excellent, by the way, I really enjoy listening to them. They're very knowledgeable and uh, pick very interesting topics. But um, they were talking about how you can, you know, can sometimes save a longer campaign by breaking it up and playing something different, which I think it's true. I've had other games 
fall apart where we just got kind of burnt out on it. And I think that if we had taken a break and just ran something completely different for a few weeks, you come back, you know, feel energized and ready to come back to the other game. So I thought this was an interesting, it was a really well-written post for one thing, a very thoughtful post over at Crumbling Upkeep. Let's see if it has the author's name. It does not have, it doesn't have the name of who, well, let's see, maybe it's under about. Uh, oh, it's more than one author. So I don't know if this was from James, Brad, Emily, Frank, David, Aaron, lots of folks write for this. Um, so whoever, whoever wrote this one, shout out to y'all. Um, it's, it's, like I say, really thoughtful and it's something that's happened to everybody. Uh, whether you're trying to work on creating something or you're camp or you're just running a campaign. And I've even seen memes where it's like the guy walking with the girl and turns his back on, you know, to look back at the other girl. And it's like, you know, always looking at for a new campaign. And that's like me a lot of the time, like even now I'm really enjoying my campaign, but I've got a few bucket list campaigns that are always whirling and twirling in my brain. I'm actually going to do a top three Tuesday on a bucket list campaigns. I think uh, next Tuesday where I'll talk about some of those ideas. So what I would say this week, if you've, if you've ever had gone through that, where you're getting burnt out on a design or product you're working on or getting burnt out on your campaign. How did you solve that? Did you solve it? Sometimes I think it's better to just cut and run and just drop it. Other times, you know, you maybe feel a sense of duty or, um, you know, and you got to finish it or, 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 you know, you you get stuck on a project and you're starting to hate your own work (laughs) and how do you get through that? So if if any of y'all, I know that a lot of creative folks listen to this, uh, if any of y'all want to call in and, and let me know your thoughts, I'll put you on the air for next time. But whether you do or don't, go over and check out the crumblingkeep.com grinding through after the honeymoon period. It's got some interesting ideas on what to do when you uh, find yourself in one of those situations. And so we come to the end of another hump day bloggerama. Ooh, sometimes I'm on top of these. Other times I'm like hanging off the side, dangling by a thread and I made it through another one <laughs> and it's all going to start right back over tomorrow. I'll be, or even tonight, I'll be looking at the blogs, trying to pick out other awesome stuff from y'all. Why do I do it? Cause I love the bloggers. I want to support the bloggers. I have fun doing this. Um, and something I wanted to say is, uh, the thought eater blog this month, um, like, you know, April was the biggest month I've ever had on the blog, uh, by thousands and thousands and thousands of views. Uh, it's been growing since kind of G plus started going away. And, you know, part of that, you know, is that I've been blogging more, go figure, but also with the, uh, with with the podcast and uh, some of the different content that I'm doing, uh, um, it's, it's, you know, gotten better and, uh, I'm kind of, for one thing, I'm kind of proud of myself that I, I came out of G plus and everything with, uh, with some momentum on, on working on stuff, on building something up. And, but I were, the main reason I bring this up is I want to thank y'all listeners, people that check out my blog. I really appreciate it. It, uh, it, um, it feels good to have been doing this since, uh, kind of like, I think that's the end of 2011. I started the blog and I thought about it for a while because I was reading blogs long before that, but Uh, for it to be running, you know, going on eight years and to just now hit my, uh, hit a, hit a peak as far as the, the hits and everything. It it feels good that I've kind of, you know, kind of made something out of it or, and then I'm doing something that's getting some response from folks. So whether you're listening to the podcast or you're, you know, checking out the hump day or you're looking at the, uh, five E stuff that I'm putting up. It gets a lot of uh, views. Um, I just want to thank you. I really appreciate you. It encourages me to want to keep doing this. So um, I also want to thank all the callers that called in, all you legends out there. I appreciate y'all very much. And let's see. So what's next? Well, y'all know that I started the uh, top three Tuesdays. If you haven't listened to those yet, uh, it's a, 
a, a new series. I, I just did number two uh, yes, uh, Tuesday and uh, doing RPG top three lists. Uh, if that sounds like something interesting to you, be sure and check it out. Uh, I've got a five-minute Friday coming up uh, Friday. I think I'm going to skip Willie the Wizard. I know, but I'm going to skip it for a week. I wanted to get back to doing an unknown clone. Uh, I talk about an OSR game that flew under the radar that uh, maybe you should check out. And I think I got a good one for this Friday. So look out for that for Five Minute Friday. Um, if you want to contact me, frothsoft, frothsof at gmail.com or use the contact form on the Thought Eater blog. Remember that all the links that I talked about today are over on the Thought Eater blog. And there's some good archives now. You just follow the Hump Day Blogorama tag and then I'll take you to all the different um, Hump Day posts. I want to give a special thank, uh, thank you and shout out to folks backing me on Patreon. Appreciate y'all very much. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Thought Eater. Only a dollar a month. Um, let's see if there's any other news to share with y'all. Working on the next Psionic Platypus. Uh, it's going to be an adventure that my daughter created that I helped a little bit with, but uh, also we just submitted our entry to the one-page dungeon contest, and this is one she drew and came up with entirely on her own. All I did was just do a crude layout for it, um, so that is awesome, um, and I'm going to be sharing that on the blog in a little bit, but uh, I put that up for the Patreons, the Thought Eater Patreon for now, um, as a thank you for the support. Um, oh, yeah. Logan Howard, another shout out for Logan because he's going to take us out with the Thought Eater theme he sent me. Make sure uh, y'all check out the Thought Eater blog at frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com and I'll talk to you next time. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, 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 boom,